Friends, hello. Welcome to another episode of Since You Asked. I'm Kyle here with the intro. So this episode is a lot about powerlifting. We dive into powerlifting meets. Uh, Nancy just did it, had a meet, and this was recorded before that. So we're kind of talking about you know how she's feeling going into the meet. And a lot of mistakes that we watch people make as they go into meets uh, or max out experiences, things like that. So uh, give it a listen. There should be some good nuggets in here of uh, behaviors to avoid that are going to make your life way harder than it needs to be. And some things you can do instead that are going to help you have a lot more fun. Because realistically, powerlifting is supposed to be sick and uh, just get super jacked and super strong. And don't be neurotic because that's like zero fun for anybody. So uh, give it a listen. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, good luck being strong out there. Hello, and welcome to Since You Asked. With your hosts, Nancy Reichman and Kyle McKee. Boom. Okay. Welcome back, friends. It is Friday. And that means I compete on Sunday. So if you're listening to this, that means I've already competed and you can go to my Instagram and see how well I did and got nine for nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving no shit on the floor. Like my last competition. Which- the thing I don't want to see is one of these like, so you, A, you better have a sick meet because I'm not trying to read one of these like, oh, didn't have the day I wanted to have posts. Like none of that. No. That's the one thing though that's really messing up with my mindset is reflecting on the last meet and trying to be as confident as I can be. But the one exciting thing, but also nerve wracking thing about powerlifting is you could be confident, you could visualize it, you can complete all your lifts. But once you get under that bar, you really do not know what the outcome is going to be. It, it just, you never know. <laughs> and- yeah. You don't, but I think that I think that people control less variables than they are than they actually are able to. Mm-hmm. Like I think that I think that bad meets are super avoidable. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't competed. I haven't competed very much, and like I've had pretty good meets every time I've competed. So it's not like oh, I've only had good meets, so everybody should only have good meets because mm-hmm. I know that's just that's just not true. I think that when I have watched people have a bad meet, it's like I knew they were going to have a bad meet from watching their training for the past six weeks and like some of their outside behaviors, and I go, mm, yeah. You're not going to do very well. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I was, but I tried so hard and I prepped so well and it just, I didn't have it today. And I was like, you haven't had it for months. You haven't had it. Yeah. You haven't had it. <laughs> You've never had it. Like, what are we talking about? Sorry, I let everybody down. It's like, your training's been super inconsistent. So yeah, it's like, sure, you don't know like, you know, rotation of the earth and what's the bar going to be like. But I think that, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of variables that powerlifters just choose not to control during training and they just choose to totally ignore it. And then when yeah. they get to me, they're like, oh, I didn't. That's crazy. It's like, okay. Well, this time, my biggest thing has been that bench press. And actually, I had a few people call me out when I was posting the training videos leading up to the meet, being like, why are you doing touch and goes? Ooh. Like, well, my, my coach never really told me much about it. And I mm-hmm. just, like, he's cheering me on. And mind you, by that point, it was like March. So I was only five months into the powerlifting game. So I knew very Mm -hmm. little. I knew as much as my coach was telling me. And little did we know when I went to my meet, when I went down and they said press, I like moved up a little bit and lost it immediately. (laughs) Both in my first attempt, thankfully. And then second and third attempt, I just couldn't get past the pause. And then they're making you press for so much longer, but it doesn't really matter what the heck like that. That's how powerlifting is. You listen to the commands and you either like it or you don't. So yeah, that has been like a big thing for my training this time around is making sure that these pauses are respectfully long. (laughs) Yeah, they're fucking dialed in. Yeah, but we discussed my openers. I had a call with my coach yesterday and openers, we want to go super light, obviously, and just feel out how the judging is, feel how, I don't know, just get used to everything. Mm-hmm. And opener for bench was, I think she said 135 or yeah, 135, I think. can't remember exactly. Squat was 265 and deadlift was 285, I'm pretty sure. So nice. I can't believe that's low to me now. That's like, huh, just, just playing around. Yeah. 
Just you're like, I'm just gonna smoke these openers, and it's like just dipping are, my toes cool. in it's- the sand. Yeah. But for my my third attempt, I really want to break 315 for my squat. Never done that on the platform, but I've done that in the gym. So I feel like having that in the back of my mind is kind of a mental safety, being like, okay, Nance, you've done it before, you can do it again. Yep. Either 170 or 175 for my bench. See how we're riding. And then deadlift, I want like 365 plus. I just want, I want that so bad. I want, and then Mm -hmm. also next year, definitely pull 405. I don't know if you can pull an extra 50 pounds in a year, but I'm just hoping I can. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) It's, It's fine. But yeah, this is also my first time where I'm not doing a weight cut. I told you about that, right? Did I tell yes. you I made that decision? Yeah. Yes. And I've been cruising this this week. I've been chilling. I went out last night and had pizza. And nice. I'm just not even worried. There's no stress. I'm not uh, drinking a shit ton of water and then dehydrating myself. Today, if I was doing the whole cut thing, I would have had no water, no sodium, no food, and probably wouldn't have been able to record this podcast or train three mm-hmm. clients this morning. So yeah. that's definitely a huge change. And that's just going to weigh in, not even stress and be like, okay, we're good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one decision that I think is like more lifters should make is Mm -hmm. like, just don't like weight cutting to me is like so ridiculous because it's like, you're intentionally creating a more difficult environment for you to lift in. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sure. If you're going for a 500 dots or like a world record, yes, cut. Sure. You're going to make mm-hmm. money at this meet if you cut and you like win a weight class because you're more competitive. I'm on board. That makes tons of sense. Local meets, no records involved. Just go be strong. Like yeah. powerlifting is a strength sport, not like a, not a skinniness sport. And so it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing that's really hard to come back from. Because if you're not used to weight cutting and like, it's not even the weight cut, it's the recomp. That's what I've watched most people get all like screwed up. Is they try, they like do the depletion and they like get down, they do the water loading and it's great. And they go and they weigh in, they're super light, it's perfect. Then you have to get back to where you were Mm. 24 hours ago Mm -hmm. and without drugs, that's like a lot of work. And if you're not paying attention, it's easy, really, really easy to screw it up. Like I watched a buddy, it was the last time he and I competed together and we competed on a Saturday, weigh-ins were on a Friday. So we like left work to go weigh in and then like went back to work. I wasn't weight cutting. So like my life was super easy. He'd wanted to cut down so that way he could like hit a certain squat number at a certain body weight. Mm-hmm. But he like had a crazy day at work, was super stressed out, didn't rehydrate at all, like didn't recomp like his food nearly to the degree that he needed to. And would you look at that? He had a really shitty meat yeah. and was like really bummed about it. I was like, God, I can't believe I didn't get it. Like I was tr- my training was going so well. All this shit was so good. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, yeah, you're like, you didn't drink any water after cutting for four days. So like, that's, that's I, yes, that's how it goes. Yeah. Which like, you don't say in the moment because you're like, oh yeah, that sucks. Oh, there, there. But then I was like, yeah, it's like, it's hard because I mean, he's a guy who's done a lot of like weight cutting and recomping like in high school and things like that. So it's like, oh no, I totally got it. It's like, mm, yeah, what you did in high school and college and what you do as an adult with a job, like those are not completely different things. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to take a day off before your powerlifting meet, to recomp sure if you want to use a vacation day for that like that's fine but it's just so much easier and it's more fun to just go in like i was having a burrito on the way to weigh-ins like just go in and like have a good time and like just create an environment where you're gonna lift really well because ultimately i think that i think that the amount of people that even understand or care about dots or wilks or these like different equalizing measures is small even within the lifting community so it's like just go Mm -hmm. in and be (laughs) <laughs> be stronger like that's yeah. that seems to me like it's the whole point it is like oh i got i got a better i got a better dots at this lower body weight look at me and it's like oh, okay sure yeah why are you why are we powerlifting if we're trying to get smaller like that don't should, make sense yeah I'm, like let's go do triathlons or something then like i don't i don't know <laughs> that was also my determining factor like the whole weight cut was me being now in untested division uh, not on anything, guys. Not since like the last year, but rules and politics, and I'm unethical. <laughs> <laughs> Just admit that you're on the juice, Nancy. We all know. Look at your calves uh, are so big. I wish I was. I'm not zoomed in for a little bit. I'm gonna wait till I'm after 25. But you're hearing it now because I was also told that I'm 
honest, but I did do a cycle last year for like six weeks before my meet in November. And that was the last time I did a full cycle, but apparently to the book and people who have opinions, you have to wait two years. And I guess that kind of makes sense to me. I just didn't know. So I originally signed up for the tested division and then I got some strips torn down me. So then I made a decision to <laughs> go to the untested and I was like, Hey Nance, why are you going to weight cut? And now I'm going up against bitches who are probably, probably taking Anavar this as their pre-workout for this meet right now. So yeah, definitely not the best decision if I want to get smaller when I'm already feeling small and now I'm up against women who are pumping the juice. In. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, this is actually a better and a blessing in disguise anyway, because now I'm just vibing and chilling. And on the bonus, now I don't have to deal with people who are in the first flight because now I'm in the second flight with all the other people. So it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I actually like signing up for untested because it just, there's just less, you're never gonna have to deal with getting drug tested, which is, yeah. Cause yeah. it's like, I mean, yeah. I've done that before. And actually when I did the Kodiak clash, I just like brain off signed up for tested because I was like, oh, I'm tested. And then I was like, shit like why did i do this like now i might have to like wait around after the meet to like take oh, a drug true. test instead of just go do whatever i feel like doing and so yeah. it's like way less of a hassle yeah to just do untested because it just doesn't matter like and hey i mean i <laughs> i like i like won my weight class because i was the only guy in it because all the other 242s were untested chart? yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's like six. There's like six people who've done meets. And apparently I was just the strongest one of the bunch. And I was like, okay, sure. Like data sets pretty. It's still cool. It's still very cool. It's still on the chart. So it's, it's still on the chart. It's just not a very big data set. So that's fine. But it's like, again, it's like, you know, winning. And I don't want to take anything away from people who are like, no, I love winning powerlifting meets. Because if that's your thing, I mean, I get like that's that can be your thing. That's fine. Yeah. I think it's kind of silly because there's not this like larger pool of competition. And for me, that's where it's like, I actually have the metal like sitting on the desk as I make a bunch of noise because there would. I get medals, but I never pick them up. Yeah. Cause it's like me and they do it like three hours after you already lift. I'm like, my brain don't work no more. I'm not sitting right. around. Yeah. It takes a long time to get to. And like, uh, again, it's like, it's wood. They're custom made like from oh. trees from like Victoria Island, which was like really sick. So like, it's cool to have. But I don't like walk around with it and go like, I'm really proud of this first place powerlifting medal because I'm competitor one of one. Like that's not, yeah. I didn't like win a tournament where <laughs> there was a bunch of competitors and I like, because there are times where like throughout, because I mean, I played a real sport, I guess. I mean, I believe tennis is a real sport. Like there's actual competitors and stuff. I think yeah. powerlifting is a fake sport sometimes, but it's, it's like, I've played in like season long, like, uh, you know, there's like a ladder going up and down win some you lose some then you finally push to the top and like you know you yeah. win the whole league or whatever and you like win a bunch of matches on your team to like move up move up the ladder to the top and so it's like i've been in environments where i have like actually won things and like those victories mean something to me because i competed against other people over a period of time where there were lots of chances for me to lose powerlifting is like ah, i technically i won but i was like oh, i didn't get best lifter like best yeah. lifter to me is like winning them like you had the best either you were the strongest person sick. like that's it. Or you got best lifter. Like those are the two ways to like win, truly win a meet. But like winning your weight class is like, okay. All right. Yeah. And even this is where like, I don't, I don't like, I don't like pissing other people's cereal, but it's like, like I won nationals and it's like, there's like 15 nationals meets with powerlifting. Cause like each federation has their own nationals. There's like tested mm -hmm. and untested nationals. There's like nationals between the U S and Canada. And so it's like, I won nationals. And it's like, are you the best though? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. And like, everybody's motivated differently. And so that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same I just, with them. Like, um, oh wait, go ahead. I was just say, I like putting it in perspective, like coming back to like weight cuts where it's like, well, I'm going to cut down for this. Cause it's like, I'm going to do a thing. It's like, yeah. okay. Is it big enough on the grand scheme of things where potentially sacrificing your short-term performance, like makes up for this thing you're going to get, or would it be better for you just to be stronger and like work towards that larger goal? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. It's kind of the same for when I did dance competitions. There'd be like us in like a category, but sometimes mm -hmm. those categories, it'd be only one other person. So age 16, solo, whatever. 
and there's just me and this other girl. And if I won mm-hmm. my category, people are like, oh, you got first in your category. I'm like, yeah, there's only one other person. Right. Yeah. Maybe different if I won first solo of the entire competition. <laughs> totally different. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I've never, for this competition, I don't even really think about who I'm competing against. Like for the meets, I kind of just reflecting a lot on how I did the last meet and how much better I really want to do this meet. Yeah. Like a lot, mm-hmm. lot better. Just so many different things that, and then also the the traveling, it was three hours away. So there was a hotel and then the sauna abuse that I had to encounter. <laughs> that was horrible. The lack of sleep because of the stress of not making weight. And then I had to stay in the sauna till 11 p.m. that night. Yeah, that's a lot. But everything happens for a reason, you know, I'm just learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. Right. Well, and I, th- I think I've watched that happen too, where it's like people have a bad meet because they like they over-engineer it. And mm-hmm. it's like, or they, or they're just miserable all day or just it becomes not worth it really fast because what ends up happening is that you end up watching the people who didn't weight cut and like the whole the day before like everybody goes to wins and it's like all right now what are we going to do and it's like all right well I have to spend all day eating and drinking in a specific way and everybody else is like well I just get to hang out because I'm already where I need to be yeah uh and like the meat then it's like well I'm full of energy and I have no issues because I mm-hmm. didn't do anything crazy to get ready and people who maybe took a more dramatic path like you know the day is a little more up and down. Yeah. Because I think like if if you're looking at weight cuts and stuff, a lot of people that I know now do weight cuts really successfully, just like train at that body weight. Like yeah. they get down. I want to get down to eventually and not put so much pressure on myself. Like I want to cut down to 135, not only just for like performance, but I just want to look a little bit better. And I know I look better at that weight, but eventually once we actually do that. Yeah, yeah. which in that, I think that's like the most intelligent way to go about it is just like Mm -hmm. be at the body weight, train at the body weight that you compete at or within a couple of pounds Mm -hmm. because it's easy to make a couple of like small, like to do a little water cut for like two pounds or something like that. Like that's not that big of a deal or it's like, you know, change your carbs like two days before weigh-ins. Like that's that's not that bad. Just not eat for like 24 hours and it's gone. Right. Then you're there. Yeah. I think that's where I think that like it's sort of like tested versus untested crowds in powerlifting. They become like. What works for the untested group does not work for the tested group. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, people who are on the sauce, like what works for them doesn't work for everybody else. And I think that like people watch like, oh, this is what my favorite lifter does. Who's like on the sauce. And it's like, whether they say they're on the sauce or not, like, you know, but it's <laughs> like, oh, this works really well for them. And it's like, even if they're not like, even if a like a high level lifter is tested and is clean, like there is a chance they are taking way more. I'm not going to say precautions, but like they have a much more regimented system for like cutting this weight last minute and gaining it back mm-hmm. than the person who is just like kind of doing it on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this way to go about like powerlifting meets is like very like take it for where you're actually at in, in yeah, training and like how much you're actually like committing to this, which I coach powerlifting and I do powerlifting and I'm mid-level very low to like weight cuts and recomps so it's not like you're having a low commitment to that is bad but it's like are you going to shut your whole day down for like two weeks to get ready for this to make sure you nail it it's like if no then probably don't bother yeah that was another thing i was like i already have university on my plate so when i was thinking about it i was thinking i don't want to drink all this water while i'm on campus too that's another thing is the whole peeing three times an hour class and stuff i don't want to do that and i need my brain to work too when if anyone knows what we're talking about like when you do the water cut near the end when you don't drink water and you don't have food or salt your brain is just not capable of doing brain things you're just out of it completely but it's also a different huge difference between untested and tested lifters when you're on and you're running stuff cutting weight and maintaining muscle is so easy <laughs> so easy compared to this it's actually you gotta think about this it's not like you have an assistance of keeping that muscle on you it's totally yeah. different yeah yeah i always think about this like with with like natural bodybuilding and which i think is a joke if you're going to bodybuilding <laughs> are you kidding me you're gonna do natural <laughs> i mean maybe yeah your first show but eventually if you want to go anywhere with bodybuilding it's like a prerequisite take drugs yeah well because what ends up happening i mean i'm i'm with you where i think what ends up happening is you watch somebody and because like i have i have some friends who've done like natural bodybuilding shows and like they'll train and they'll be huge they'll be like 
big muscles, full muscles, look incredible. And I'm like, oh man, like this is, this looks sick. Like this is amazing. Like body fat percentage, like generally pretty low. And then they start to cut. To I know, then they look like they haven't worked out. And they become these frail little skeletons that look like they've never worked out. Yeah. And it's like, and again, if you, if you were like wanting to try out bodybuilding, step on stage, like do a prep, do the cut, figure it out, try it. Like that's what happens to natural people when you do a massive depletion cut like that is you just like lose all your muscle. You like look really skinny and small and not a great environment to then exert as much force, if not more force than you've ever exerted on weight ever. Yeah. And so, and like the power of cut and the body build cut are different. Sure. Fine. Whatever. The point remains where if you don't have exogenous substances to help you maintain, cutting is a different animal. So mm-hmm. you probably sh- just shouldn't do it and just be bigger and stronger. And like, this is my other thing. Is everybody just committed to actually being strong in powerlifting? Like that was our stated goal. It's like, hey, I actually want to get stronger. Like just move up a weight class. Like if you're having trouble fighting to stay down in your weight class, maybe you should move up a weight class. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I can't maximize my weight class anymore. Great. <clears throat> are you are you going to break a world record? No? Okay, cool. Are you going to be stronger that way? Yeah, definitely. So to me, it feels like a pretty easy trade-off. Yeah, but- yeah, we are pros and cons. Yeah. The numbers keep going up, though, for women divisions. When I first did my, in November, I was looking at people who were in the weight class that I wanted to cut down to, and my numbers were relatively pretty close to that. Mm -hmm. But now, I looked at it again for that weight class, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Where did all these women come from? Because now it just Mm -hmm. bumped up 25 pounds for each lift. This is insanity. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. That was my thought process for the first meet, but now it'd be kind of pointless because I know I don't have those numbers in my tank at this point of training. So it's really, really pointless if I'm not going to break any record. My name's not going to be on any board in the depths of the internet when you look up powerlifting records that nobody looks at. (laughs) Right. Yeah. What was I going to say? Well, I was going to go into like, if you want to be good at something, pick something you're good at. Yeah. Like, cause that's the thing. And this, this is the joke about me training for powerlifting. It's like, I'm six, three. I currently weigh just over two thirty. When I walk into a room full of people, you don't go, wow, that guy's super jacked. He's like so huge. He's definitely like a competitive powerlifter. You go, oh, that guy probably works out. Like might've been an athlete at some point, like definitely trains, but the guys who are 242, who I'm competing up against, aside from the fact that they're shorter than I am, they're putting up like the most insane numbers on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like the best, some of the best lifters in the world right now are like in a weight class, one or two weight classes below me and are going to put up weights that I will never even dream about. And so it's like, if I really, really cared about having my name on the wall or whatever in powerlifting, I would have to gain, I would probably have to go to 308 plus. and like be have gained the requisite strength to get there but like me cutting down into 242 or into 198 is totally fucking useless because even if i was 198 with the numbers i have now i would still finish dead last so it's like if i wanted to do in like with like competitive people okay okay. like the average like some average dude off the street who's 200 pounds like uh, i'd probably be fine but maybe (laughs) i don't know like (laughs) there's some strong ass motherfuckers out here so I think also, if for me it was Kyle's like, natty, by the way, guys. So if Kyle oh. wasn't natty, are you still? Yeah, of course. You look at my okay. shoulders. <laughs> if I wasn't natty and I had shoulders like this, I'd have have a problem. I would have some serious issues. That would be a huge. Yeah. Someone <laughs> asked me one time. This was, I think, when I was prepping for my meet, I like put on a ton of weight and a ton of strength, like really quickly. Because spoiler alert, it's actually really easy to get strong if you eat enough and aren't worried about cutting down a weight class. I had multiple people ask, like, friends that I have if, like, I was on, like, what I had started taking. They're like, oh, no, Kyle just is now eating enough. Yeah, he's now just he's now just eating enough food. So food is anabolic, surprisingly. Yeah. I'm getting crumble but, cookie by myself on Saturday. I'm going to drive my yeah. ass to Mississauga after I weigh in, and I'm going to get six cookies, and nice. I'm going to eat them all. Well, not all of them, obviously. I'll die. But I'm going to have bites of each one. Yeah, I was like, you're going to eat six cookies? I was like. That's a great way to enter like a, a no. sort of shock right before your meet. No, then I'm going to take half of them and like bring them in the meet 
too. That's yeah. the funniest thing about powerlifting meets when I went to my first one in November. I was looking around and seeing what everyone's consuming. And you have one guy with like a bag of sour keys. And he's coming around asking people if they want any. You see McDonald's mm-hmm. bags everywhere. What else did I see? Oh, well, like classic protein bars, obviously. But that was funny. Like chocolate bars. Everyone's ordering food. I was like, this is a good environment to be in. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Powerlifters are just like unsupervised children when it comes to eating. <laughs> Literally, though. Yeah. I'm so excited, too. I was thinking about this when I was driving yesterday. And now this week, it's really, really hit me that the meet is like this weekend. And I've been yeah. prepping for 20 weeks now. And it's crazy how fast time goes. But I'm just so excited for that initial, the first attempt of your squat. You know, when you get under the bar and you step back and you're still looking a little bit further down before you make eye contact with the judges. And when you look up and you see the judges, there's like a moment where it just clicks in your brain that you're like, holy shit, I'm here right now. I'm Mm -hmm. about to. This is what I've been working for for so many weeks and it's here. Then you squat. Just I'm so excited for that moment. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. The first squat is my favorite because it's like there's all the buildup, right? Where it's like – and it's the first one that gets you into the meat because like Mm -hmm. if you don't get your first – like if you don't get a squat, like you don't get a total. And so Mm – or you don't have the chance to get a total. And so that first squat really matters because you got all the jitters. You're like, I hope I hit depth. Like I've hit depth all in training, but I hope I get it today. I hope I don't jump a command. Like I hope I don't hit the rack on the way out, whatever. And and so, yeah, once you get the first one like in the bag, it's just like this – I always feel this huge yeah, sense of relief of like, oh my God, we're in. Let's do it. Like, let's yeah. fuck it up. Let's go. You get like that adrenaline rush of just excitement too. That's mm-hmm. so good. I want to, I don't usually take the salts, but I think this meat, I'm going to start doing it because I started to use it during training. So definitely for my, my deadlifts, I think I'm going to do it. Nice. Let's soak up some salts. Yeah, yeah. I was ripping ammonia packs for like my third attempts. I think I did it for second attempt deadlift too. Oh Yeah. What are what? your are your numbers? What are your best? That's a good question. Five twelve. It's my best squat. So we got okay. we got over five hundred pounds in a meet. Let's go. Yeah, that's sick. Bench is three forty one. Okay. Yeah. Which was cool. And then and like the squat was like perfect. Like I did not have a single more ounce of weight you could have put on the bar. Good. For squats. Like yeah. I it was the guys who were commentating even were like, oh, that was the perfect squat call. Like Kyle had literally zero else to give for that. So that was perfect. Bench like flew right Stu off my chest. Being a good yeah. Coach. Yeah. Hashtag we love Stu. Yeah. Picking yeah. the perfect. Because that was actually on the lower end of what we were going to try and hit for my squat. Mm-hmm. But he just was like watching my squat like the whole time. He's like, this is what we're doing. Like you'll nail this, but probably won't get anything above it. Mm-hmm. So like having a good like coach or handler there who like knows your numbers and like can watch what you're actively doing. And being ego free like while you're picking your numbers i think that's a big deal that got ahead of me a lot for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for squat i was just like let's try this let's try this and then it just sunk it both times well and i think that's the trade-off right is it's like you can go for something a little more conservative where you're like we will almost like definitely get this but Mm -hmm. like maybe could have eked out a little bit more and so you'll end up with a bigger total probably but you might leave some pounds on the platform because if we'd gone for uh, whatever, 518 or 521, would have for sure missed it. It just didn't have it. Yeah. So I would have ended up with like a 485 squat at the meet, which for me would have been like, well, that's super lame. I've squatted over 500 a couple of times. Like I really wanted a 500 pound, a, a like 500 the, plus the, at a meet. The battle there too. That's where my squat is, but between like two. 85 to like 300 and something because i know i've done 305 310 it's like mm-hmm. okay where's the safety mark for this third attempt this is all i got left right well and that's i think for me i end up describing like what are your best lifts and i usually tag on to the end of what were my best lifts at a meet mm-hmm. like when i talk about like what were my best and like right now my best numbers are my meat numbers but it's amazing good well yeah i have i've been in a long off season so we haven't gone super heavy yet which is nice. He's just guys. Let him yeah. cook. We're cooking. We're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Man. We're, so, we haven't discussed your deadlift yet either. Oh, uh, we haven't. Just, yeah. Yeah. Deadlift was 562. Okay. But with. You can do more than that. Yeah. For sure. 
with these lifts, like I like going a little, not on like the conservative side, because for my deadlift, like second attempt flew off the ground Mm -hmm. and Stu was like, what do you want? And I was like, we had made an agreement where like, I wasn't going to know any numbers. Like he was just going to make decisions for me. He's like, how did it feel? And I was like, that felt super good. And he was like, super good it is. Because with bench, my second attempt bench had felt like, okay, like it felt good, but not like stellar. And so he made like a slightly smaller jump instead of going to, I don't know what the next kilo jump would have been, but 347, we did 341. Okay. Which is great. Because like, I did get it. So which was a PR. So I would rather have PRs like nine for nine with three Mm -hmm. PRs than not that. Yeah. So I think... And again, I think for myself, kind of what you had mentioned earlier is like I go into meets competing against myself. Like I don't really care if I'm if I'm opening the weight class, if I'm the smallest person in my group, whatever. Basically, it doesn't matter because like I'm trying to get a better total than I got before. Or like I'm trying to overachieve from what I did in training, which hopefully is all PRs if you've had a good training block, like, you know, a couple of good training blocks. But like I'm competing against me. So I don't really care who I'm competing against because mm-hmm. whatever. Because, like, in this meet, it was nobody. So I think that's, like, the – if you we wanted to talk, like, strategy – if you wanted to talk strategy about how to pick attempts, it's, like, are you going for the biggest total you can possibly get? So you're going to have to take some more of those aggressive, um, like, jumps at the end, those, like, higher-level third attempts. Or are you just trying to beat what you got last time mm-hmm. and, like, put together a big total? Because sometimes those aren't exactly the same. Sometimes they're close, mm-hmm. but yeah. – Yeah. I'm really – Hoping I well not hoping I am gonna hit PRs because I haven't PR'd at all this whole meet prep because you're not really supposed to, <laughs> right? Yeah, well you're not. In my view, you're not supposed to hit like RPE tens that often. If now like for me, it had been so long since I'd competed before and I'd gotten so much stronger that I was hitting PRs every week, but they were like PRs oh, at a significantly lower RPE where it was like I ended up tripling five eighteen I think. Like nice. two weeks before the meet. And it was like. Easy? Uh, yeah. And I mean, I was like rocking in the headphones, like smelling. So, like I threw my headphones across the gym at the end because I was like so hyped up afterwards. Yeah. But it was like that was a that was a PR. Like my best deadlift before that was 507. And so that oh. was 518 for three reps. So but it was not RP. Like I wasn't like grinding and shaking because like my rule guideline in a meat prep is no failed reps. Like. Shouldn't be in a position where you're failing reps in a meat prep because mm-hmm. you're just wasting time and energy that you could have spent doing something else. And if we're going to overreach, we should overreach at the meat. Like if we're going to sort of like super compensate, it's like that's for meat day. Like in prep, we should be hitting numbers that we can consistently hit with or we should be training at levels of like consistent levels of effort. Yeah, I agree. And not trying to overreach the whole time because then you're just going to come to the meat super depleted because you've overreached for 12 weeks. Yeah, I was actually of- nervous. What were you going to say? I said, instead of just like nailing the numbers, like nailing the RPE every week. Yeah. I was nervous today when I was training my client. I'm like picking up 45 pound plates. <laughs> like, should I be doing this right now? Mm-hmm. Is this too much weight to be picking up at the moment? So I got on the phone with my coach yesterday. She's like, you're not touching a single weight on me day. Like I'm going to be loading your bar. Being a real handler. Never experienced that. Nice. Yeah. we're not gonna shit talk but she's like i will already know what to put on your bar your numbers are gonna be before you attempt to go on the platform okay Mm -hmm. amazing you're actually doing what i need need thank you Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah or before it was totally different but my my squad the one thing that's i'm less nervous now is because at pure muscle i always had a designated squad area and i was always on either that one rack or the other one and it's always looking in the mirror i could see myself and i'm super comfy but the past two to three weeks i've been at mcmaster gym and i kind of i think i spoke about this on a podcast or with you but stepping back and not having a mirror and then having people walking by in front of me was just so many different distractions and variables i wasn't used to but it actually made me more confident because i can be calm in the chaos that's going on so that's definitely a huge change going to this meet it's not like i'm gonna unwrap the bar and be like okay where am i in space right now because i have no idea where right it's totally different it's actually like a huge change in your body compared to seeing yourself to Mm -hmm. not it's like you feel like connected (laughs) your body where when when you don't have a mirror you're like whoa where am i going here yeah type of thing 
Well, that's what I think. I think <laughs> that's like one of my specific gripes against powerlifters is that it's like I have to have the perfect environment, my my rack, my barbell, my mm-hmm. weights, my music, like my humidity level. And it's like you're not going to get any of those things at a meet. Like you're going to have fuck all control over what happens to you at a meet. Yeah. And you never know. <laughs> you don't know. Like you don't know what the lighting is going to be like. You don't know what the music is going to be like. There was a meet that I did where they had like like colored lights like flashing on the stage like ended up being kind of in your eyes while you were lifting and if you were like you know training at a perfect environment in a perfect gym all the time you'd be fucked walking up to that yeah i always i like love the sport specificity of like well no but i need this like combo rack because i need to practice squatting out of a combo rack and i was like it's a fucking rack you can't you can't unrack a barbell like yeah. if you can't unrack a barbell out of anything, you should be able to unrack a barbell. You should be able to put nails in a tree and hang a bar on it and you can unrack it from there because it's <laughs> unracking a fucking barbell. Like it's not you're not sending a fucking dog to the moon like you're unracking a bar. Like also, do you know that it's going to be the exact same rack? What if you squat out of a mono at the meet? I've done that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Squatting out of a mono is different than squatting out of combo rack or of a cage and if you don't have a mono are you you can't practice that where you're gonna show up on meet day and like oh it's a mono and you're like okay i guess i can't compete because like i'm a bitch are you just gonna fucking get over it and do it so it's like just train somewhere (laughs) like i don't i I will never understand this this like it's like dainty wall this dainty wallflower thing of like oh no but i have to have the perfect environment it's like you're not gonna have that at a meet so and then it's crazy especially the music thing especially the music thing would you like to know the Venn diagrams of people who suck at competing and people who like need the perfect like environment? It's a uh, one circle for those of you who are playing at home. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. I say things that are bad, but I know Kyle's just going to be way worse and more direct. Like he looks pissed right now. It's seven. What time is it? Eight fifteen in the morning. <laughs> yep. Yep. It, no, no coffee, no nootropics, no nothing. Just no, pure frustration. His face is red. <laughs> oh my God. And like my mic wasn't working this morning, still barely working. So oh, we got see a lot if going on. Po- if you're listening to this podcast, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we went, we came through a lot. We barely did it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of opinions about powerlifting, mostly because yeah. I just wish that people were stronger. Like that, and that's that's mostly. It's not that I, I want to gatekeep stronger. I wish I was fucking stronger too. Seriously, but do the damn thing. So annoying. Well, and like that's why don't that's where I just don't muscle. <laughs> They just, I need them to muscle more. If they could muscle more, that'd be great. Just muscle better. Be stronger. I just, I watch so many lifters who I'm, who are, who are, who are good, who are good at lifting. And it's like, you could be so much better. You could be so much better if you weren't like doing all, like taking on all these like self-limiting behaviors. And like, if you just actually cared about lifting mm-hmm. and like trying hard and not letting all this little shit bother you. Oh my God. People would be. I would be surrounded by monsters. The people who yeah. I train around would be fucking next level. Right. They would be untouchable. But instead, there's all this like little petty like, oh, but like the rack. And it's like, okay, fine, whatever. And it's like with certain kinds of barbells, yes. If you're going to compete on a squat bar, you should practice with the squat bar. If you're going to compete with a deadlift bar or with a specific brand of deadlift bar, you should probably prep with that for the eight weeks or so before the meet. Definitely the last four weeks. But I in an off season, yeah, you'll probably be fine. Because, again, you're not a bitch. They're better like, anyways. Like, yeah. The bars at meet, the mm-hmm. deadlift bar, they usually have the Texas one. It was flying. Yeah. Like, whoa. This yeah, it's came great. came off the ground so fast. It's yeah. perfect. And so, yeah, in an ideal world, you get to prep with those things beforehand. But maybe you don't get to. Also, in a warm-up room, if anybody's ever stepped into a powerlifting warm-up room, those things are fucking bonkers. I have warmed up for powerlifting meets on stiff bars because they didn't have enough deadlift bars and, and it's like so crammed in the warm oh my room. god oh yeah just fucking just sweaty land mammals everywhere you turn yeah yeah it's off yeah my but it's like you... meat was crammed yeah <laughs> and i like there's just no space for anything but it's like it's it's tight so <laughs> I, yeah i think there's a lack of resiliency and it's like that's why people crumble at meats because if if somebody has shown resiliency in training whether it's just training with the the racks or bars or benches that are available or training at different gyms or at different times of the day. And like, that's the other thing I actually am switched when I was training, I was training at night when I was prepping for my meet. And then I realized it's like, Hmm, this meet starts at nine. I might be in the second flight. I might have to squat at 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm barely functional at 10 in the morning. Like my body isn't doing anything productive at 10 in the morning. I should probably change when I train. 
And so I started training in the morning because that way I'm like, well, can I eat before I go into the gym? And I was like, sometimes, but like sometimes I would show up to the gym and not have eaten. And it was like, okay. So like now I have to figure out how to lift without as much food mm-hmm. because this is what it's going to be like on meat day. Yeah. So I think it's just like showing up with different sets of environment, like within different environments, uh-huh. just learning to control less and like just deal with it in the moment. Literally. I actually learned, heard that from Killian one time when he was talking about powerlifting meats and everything and like kind of what to do to prep for them. Thankfully, mine's in the 2 p.m. flight, so it's relatively afternoon, evening. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's totally fine. I can. And uh, another thing is like, I can get two meals in me. So I already asked my mom, like, do you want to go out for breakfast? Yeah. On Sunday? I was like, I need pancakes and carbohydrates and all the things. So we're going to go. <clears throat> and I'm going to try and get, yeah. squeeze another meal in there too. We'll definitely squeeze another meal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, real close. So yep. like, what day is it? It's Friday in like mm-hmm. 48 hours. Let's oh go. My God. Crazy. But afterwards, I, as much as I love powerlifting, I definitely need a nice off season. It's been, it's only September and I did my first meet in November and this is my third one. So it's been like compete November, competed in March and competing in September. Yeah. 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 That'll have to be a different episode because I like just talking about resiliency is like if people structured their off seasons differently, just yeah. infinite, infinite progress and, I, and like lower chance of, of like feeling achy and crappy all the time. Like your knees will stop hurting. Your shoulders don't have to hurt all the time. Like you don't have to, you don't have to be tired your entire off season. Like yeah. you can have a good time and like put on a bunch of weight and like on your total and on your body, like put on a bunch of muscle. Yeah. Um, also I turned 24 in December. So that's when I start to move up in the, the chart. Like I'm going to be against everyone, I guess, all women. Oh, yeah, because you're technically a junior at 23. Yeah. So I wanted to get some get some reps in of being just 23. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that I'll probably take a long offseason. I'm thinking eight months. Yeah. Maybe even longer. I mean, I'm, I'm like a one meet a year guy. Like that's about yeah. all I have the energy for. Yeah takes a lot on you and it's not even just like the physical part uh, it's a lot of the mental especially leading up like four weeks ago i was like fuck this shit i am over mm-hmm. this coming into the gym every time and making sure that everything is just like my headspace is good the i hit the numbers that's another big thing make sure i mm-hmm. ate enough it's just not like i can walk in and be like what do i want to do today Clearly, yeah. like you need to hit like three hundred and ten pounds on your squat today, and that's what's on your program. Mm-hmm. It's just like okay, don't matter if shit's hitting the fan anywhere else in life. Like I have to step in this gym and be ready to lift some heavy shit, no matter what. Mm-hmm. There's like no excuses at that point. But yeah, I think I think I'm be coachless for about probably up until January, and just be oh, my interesting. Own. Yeah, I want to be my own guinea pig for a little bit. And then work with my coach again. Also, just you're giving me a look. Do you approve of that? Do you think it's no? I think the off season is where you get big. Like the off season is where you put mm-hmm. pounds on the total. And so I think mean? like, yeah. well, I mean, so like, I mean, you do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you to live your life. My thought is like, if like, and I think about this like, example for other sports is it's like baseball players. There's no practice in the regular season. Like once the regular season hits, it's like they're playing games six days a week. And it's like, yeah, you get a little bit of batting practice, do a little bit of fielding, but it's like whatever the season ends in October or November. And it's like, that is when you begin to build, to make a big, like to make big progress for the next season. So that way you can make more money. And so I tend to think with power lifters where it's like, and I'm, what is it? September? It's like January might be fine, but I think that power lifters waste a lot of their off season, just like fucking around, getting nothing done mm-hmm. when it's like, we can use the off season to do whatever you want, whether it's like gain muscle get better at the reasons you like missed lifts or like where your lifts were breaking down. And it's like these little small intentional changes that can be made over time. And like, maybe, and like, you might be able to do that yourself. So if you can sick, or if you trust mm-hmm. yourself more than you trust someone else, or like, like you said, your own Guinea pig, where it's like, you know, if you want to take on more powerlifting clients, like this is, it might be a great time to be like, how much do I even know? So sure. I think that as long as it's not like a wasted set of months where it's like, oh, I, I, I took all this time off. I took three months off from having a coach and I've made zero progress in three months because yeah. that's like that's a quarter of the time to prep for the next meet, basically. Mm-hmm. And so like that's one way that I kind of think about it is like how how is each segment of the year 
use because I think about a prep is like about eight to 12 weeks. So it's like, that's just a prep that someone could just throw away. So it depends on the goals though, whether it's like, if your goal is to like, your goal is to be like as huge as possible by the next meet, it's like use every single week. But if the goal is just to like be smarter about how you coach, then taking that 12 weeks to boost up that goal mm-hmm. is totally worth it. So my initial reaction was like, just don't waste the time because like time is precious. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm getting to a point. I just like for the gym space, it's become maybe because I am at that point where it's like I'm competing now. Like it's like this weekend where you get to the point where you're just like, I just want to go to the gym. I just want to mm-hmm. go to the gym and do things that are just relatively, I guess, fun, a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is like the content perspective of it too. It's really hard to produce like the content that consumers want to see or potential clients. I mean, yep. I could, I post like I squat and bench and deadlift all the time. Like, is this all she fucking does? Mm-hmm. And then I want to train more, not only four days a week. I don't like doing that. It's just, I enjoy the gym a lot. It's like a break. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I got to talk to my coach though before I make a decision. But yeah, I, mean, I just might be a little bit of a bitch right now. I just need to take a break from the whole thing. Well, I that's, always so... feel like that after a meet though. I always oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I took two weeks off after the meet. I took a week to do whatever I felt like doing. And then I went to Costa Rica for a week. Yeah. I just like sat and looked at the ocean. I didn't do that because of powerlifting. Like I did that for a whole variety of other reasons. It just Please happened to align. Make me lift more. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there like manifesting a bigger total. So I see you um, cross-legged. Yeah, yeah, hovering across above yeah. the yoga mat, just like thinking about squatting six hundred pounds. <laughs> but so yeah, that's where like I'm like like because I had I had the exact same thoughts of like I don't even want to do powerlifting anymore. Like a week before the meet, I was like I just want to do this meet and then quit because like I don't care. And then it was like, that's normal though. Apparently I've talked to many people and they're all like, yeah, you're in peak week. (laughs) Yeah. Your prep's going super well. That's happening, which is like, oh, that's a, this is a great activity that we're all doing together. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like activity or not sport. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's that's a bigger conversation. I think the powerlifting might be a sport, but I I don't know if we are athletes. It's like making decisions when they're relevant, Mm -hmm. where it's like, uh, it's like the never make never make a major life decision when you're like horny, hungry, or angry or whatever. Yeah. And it's like never make any major life decisions when you're in a powerlifting prep because like everything sucks and you hate it. And so like that for me, like finishing my meet was a great time to kind of revisit the conversation we ended up having around goal setting was like, okay, now what do I actually want? Like mm-hmm. what matters to me? Because it's like when you finish a meet, people will be like, okay, cool. Like time to put on more weight to the total. But it's like, oh, maybe it's like I want to boost, like you kind of said, content. Maybe you want to get jacked. Maybe you want to get leaner. Maybe you want to switch to a different type of physical activity. Like that's not that uncommon for mm-hmm. six months or whatever. Yeah. Because like powerlifting doesn't have to be someone's entire life to, yeah. to on a regular basis. You don't have to like fall headfirst into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Also, I think it's like just trying new things. Because everything kind of affects your performance if you add another variable into it. So I had mm-hmm. to be very careful of like what I was doing. And it's the priority was always make sure my lifts are going to be okay if I add this into the equation. I think it's like I genuinely enjoy waking up and doing cardio first thing in the morning. is kind of a, a habit. But I had to remove that because it is extra stress on my body. And I just can't do more of that. Yeah. And I like to do the Stairmaster too. I'm a big mm-hmm. Stairmaster girly, but couldn't you do, do that like anymore. Stairmaster. Yeah, because nothing makes me sweat more. I love the Stairmaster than going into the sauna. I mean, I could do wait. elliptical. What? Yeah, wait, why couldn't you do? I feel like doing cardio before a meet is always like super helpful because it keeps your conditioning up while being pretty low impact. Even like the elliptical and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was I like, really... I was like, I was smoking the bike a lot. I did like the bike this the week. That was on my program this week, which is weird. He's never nice. programmed cardio, but doing like two separate workouts. Yeah. Oh, you also like when you do cardio, you fucking like, you like do cardio. I like, mm-hmm. I like hop on the bike and you're like, no, I'm doing cardio. Yeah. Like 300 calories for 40 minutes. Yeah. No, I definitely don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You attack that shit. 
that it disturbs your sleep because you are sleeping less because I'm just getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, God, yeah. You're definitely a bodybuilder at heart with that shit. That's crazy. Yeah. That was why I was like, should I try bodybuilding? Because I love cardio so much. And I love, yeah. like, I love tracking what I eat, like, following a meal plan type of thing. Not a meal plan, mm -hmm. but I track. Yeah. And then I was like, you're like controlling all the different variables. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> oh, just Sorry. be a natty bodybuilder. We spoke really highly of that earlier, so that's oh, good. Not natty. Just kidding. Not yet. You gotta wait eighteen more months. Yeah, right. No, I gotta wait two years. So we gotta wait another year. So I guess my next meet I have to do untested. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck everyone. Oh, friends. Thanks for sticking it out. Yeah, this is. I'm so sorry if you listen to this. Don't unfollow <laughs> us, okay? Like we're we are are nice people. So one thing. Feel like this is when people get to they're like oh no like i've i think these things too and i just wish that someone said it out loud so i think mm -hmm. i don't think we'll lose anybody off of this no and if we did and if we did we've lost the right people that's how, exactly. that's how i'm looking at it i also like talking because i'm like way newer into powerlifting compared to you and you have a boatload more of experience so i feel like people listening to this can also be the me in the passenger seat and like hearing your perspective of what i'm saying type of thing educating me you know yeah well hopefully i don't hopefully i don't drive this bus off a cliff so we'll see i'm taking it's okay honestly i'd be like thank you <laughs> at least i don't have to do the rest of my next life for the next month <laughs> just true true just, just just girly things just girly things <laughs> hashtag just girly that'd be the title of the episode just girly things <laughs> they'll never know <laughs> until i roasted everyone at my fucking gym yeah got him all righty okay friends until next time yeah see you next week instagram is nancy reichman and then our instagram is well since you asked pod yep and i'm on instagram and tiktok now hooray, hooray oh shit hooray. underscore kyle mckee so we'll see you online hell yeah